mountaintop Burning like a silver flame The summit of beauty and love Andrea is her name She's got us Yeah baby, she's got us I am Andrea I'm your fire with your desire and welcome back. Oh boy, what a week the last week has been, let me tell you. Not bad necessarily, just, you know, the ups, the downs, the all-arounds. I did talk about this a little bit on an Instagram live, but just in case you're a listener and go absolutely nowhere near Instagram or Facebook or any of that kind of stuff, I guess I should explain myself a little. Um, now, when I started this podcast and the other one, Call Me Karen, it was purely with the intention to uh, express myself and put information out there that I felt like would be beneficial to other people when they found it. I didn't get into this, um, to try to make a bunch of money or any of that kind of stuff. The main reason that I put the anchor ad at the beginning of every episode is because I want to, uh, in, encourage others to express themselves. Oh boy. So before I continue, um, in case you don't know, I had a downward turn over the weekend that was rather weather related to uh some health things oh god this is terrible um and I'm not going to be able to really edit this either because technically I'm not supposed to be looking at my phone much at all so uh let's see what happened first I part of the reason I'm even attempting to record this right now is a I'm losing my mind sitting here in the dark with nothing to do and B um, I think part of this whole experience after a little conversation yesterday with a, a friend of mine um, who's known me for a really long time is that um, guides are gently saying hey you know uh, we need you to be a little more authentic and forthcoming about your whole self, not just the one that you want people to see. So that is what I'm doing. Um, I live in Colorado, and I'm sure those of you who are having this crazy cold snap in your area are well aware that we had um, a, an extreme weather change come in. Uh, Friday it was about 80 degrees for the high and then um, by Saturday we were uh, you know down to 50 and then Sunday it was um, 20 degrees by the afternoon <laughs> and actually you know not that cold in the morning it just 
came in really fast. So I have a genetic um, disease that I, you know, it's, it's hard with all this stuff because I really do believe that as we integrate more light into the body, that even people who are my age, who were maybe born into a uh, tin can of an astral knotting vessel um, 50 years ago, can still um, heal and overcome quite a bit. But this particular illness, there's a lot of different varieties. So this is not a one-size-fits-all thing. But Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome essentially is a, a collagen abnormality. Um, it's like a your body doesn't make collagen the right way. Your um, fascia and ligaments and such can be really fragile. Your skin is like velvety soft to the touch, but also too stretchy sometimes. And because your ligaments and stuff are pretty loose, um, you can be very hypermobile, which just means extremely limber. Um, so part of what happens with that, um, disease, and I'm really fortunate I, there are some people who spend their whole life in um, wheelchairs. And as I go through uh, some of my own personal history, as I'm being forced to <laughs> by my guides, <laughs> they're like, if you want to be authentic, you have to do this too. So uh, I guess I'm doing it. Um, but one of the things about this, this, illness and a lot of other things that I've had is that I've always, um, managed to continually overcome them. I truly believe that I have healed in miraculous ways over and over and over. It just to the outward world, because I'm still technically a disabled person with disabilities, which restrict some of what I'm able to do physically. Uh, they decide that therefore I must not be, I don't know, ascended enough or, uh, attuned enough to Reiki or whatever it is they think I should be doing or that, you know, someone with enough healing power is going to be able to heal me when they don't really understand how much <laughs> I have already done that. So, uh, without getting too far out of the gate with that stuff. Um, let's just focus on what happened. So got really, really cold. Right. And then Saturday. So what happens is the, um, I know I've said what happened like 500 times now, this is going to be so painful for me to put out. Hopefully it's not as painful for you to listen to, uh, in its super raw unedited form. What happens is when the weather goes really quickly from hot to 50 to 60 degrees cooler, uh, those ligaments and, um, fascia and all the things that hold you together, basically anything that's made out of collagen in your body, all of those things tighten up really fast and hard. And then what that does is it twists and warps your skeleton in various ways so that 
you know, your ribs can dislocate. Basically anything on me can dislocate pretty easily. I kind of feel like Humpty Dumpty sometimes. Um, but ironically, uh, sometimes falling actually fixes things because <laughs> it sort of smacks it all back into shape. So I woke up Saturday morning and honestly, I was like, holy shit, what the hell is going on? Because I've been fairly uh, stable health-wise um, for the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I've been off all of, all of the immune suppression and everything for almost two years now as well. Um, and by stable, I don't mean, oh, I'm cured. I can do everything now and I'm just going to go start working a full-time job because I'm super reliable. By stable, I mean no long periods of bed rest and mostly able to do the functions of daily living that I am able to do. There are some uh, heavy cleaning things and some lifting restrictions and things that I may always be stuck with, but I am fully open to the potential that I can heal from everything. Uh, so when I say anything, it just means at this time. So I woke up Saturday morning and my left leg was so badly flared up with the Ehlers-Danlos and then also the neuropathy, which just kind of uh, is one of those things that can go with autoimmune stuff. Plus I had some other um, damage, actual nerve damage from medical procedures that uh, caused the neuropathy in particular in my body, um, which has healed some and is controlled, but it's still a thing. So I went to get out of bed Saturday morning and I could literally barely walk. I could barely put pressure on that left leg. I was, you know, in tears pain, which when you're someone who's lived with pretty intense pain most of your life. Uh, you know, when you're crying, it's bad. It's really, really bad. It's like, you know, 10 out of 10 bad. So I just went, all right, I know the weather's coming and I know when it starts snowing or raining or whatever is about to happen, it will relieve some of the pressure and I will feel better. Um, that is one of the things that I have noticed about most of these rheumatological things that I have that are affected by weather is that I, it could be totally sunny and perfect outside, but my body seems to know it's coming at least 24 to 36 hours ahead of time and will have whatever negative effects it's going to have. Um, now if I hadn't been pushing myself so hard lately with, uh, helping take care of my mom and go through the process of helping her um, with all of her neuropsychological appointments she's been going to. Um, I might not have been in as weakened a state, but for whatever it's worth, I was. And really, I have lived in Colorado for 25 years, and I have never seen anything come in this fast and hard as a storm did the next day. So Saturday, I pretty much spent the day just, you know, icing, uh, stretching, massaging. I had the TENS unit 
you know, I have two of them actually. So I have like eight tens pads <laughs> stuck to my legs. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's a uh, electric, uh, muscle stimulation and it is like a low pulse that can help relax, uh, contracted muscles and relieve pain. Um, it's kind of like it gently exercises it without moving so that you don't hurt yourself more, but it releases some of that pressure. So I'm doing all that and I'm like, all right, this is, this is just my Saturday and that's fine. I will do some stuff in bed and no big deal. Um, had some great conversations with, um, my good friend, Jamie alien, and it wasn't a bad day. It was just a frustrating physical day. Um, that night really, really hurting, very difficult to sleep, even with medication. So, um, by Sunday morning, it was doing better. And the thing about this is, is what it does. So like my left leg, when I put my legs up, like I'm laying on my back and I put my legs up to look at them, one is straight and <laughs> the other one is not straight. Like, uh, what happens is if you can visualize this for me describing it, this will be a good exercise in my ability to be descriptive, I guess. But if you could imagine that the ligaments and muscles, uh, in the thigh are twisting inwards, uh, toward my knee. So like from the hip down to the knee, those ligaments are pulling in inwards and twisting my thigh inwards. And then at the same time, the muscles in my calf and lower leg down to my ankle are, are twisting the opposite way outwards. So in, in essence, it was dislocating my knee and my leg was, uh, noticeably crooked. And that's why I was having such a hard time walking. So when I woke up Sunday, that was feeling better. And I'm like, all right, uh, keep doing your physical therapy here throughout the day and working on this and icing it. And, you know, I was just taking it easy Sunday. Then in the meantime, uh, it started raining in the late afternoon and we had known this storm was coming. So, um, it, it was raining really hard. And then as soon as it turned to snow, it was like, uh, it created almost an ice storm before it actually created the snowstorm. Um, then within two hours, uh, my knee was starting to feel a lot better. I was just starting to feel a lot better all over in general. And it had also, uh, dropped about six to eight inches of snow in just a couple hours. Um, now I have, as you all heard a few times before, I have my blind Shih Tzu, Sophie, and because she's blind, um, she can't go downstairs by herself. Uh, she can go upstairs if I'm behind her pushing her fanny and saying up every time she has to go up a stair, but she's newly blind. So we're working on this skill, but you know, going down the stairs may never be in her wheelhouse. And that is okay because I can certainly use the exercise and it also helps me kind of, uh, be mindful of keeping my body moving because let me tell you, carrying an extra 20 pounds up and down stairs, 
uh, is a lot. <laughs> so it makes me remember uh, and numbers don't mean anything. All right. And I'm fully behind intuitive eating and listening to your body, ignoring beauty norms, saying F you to those stupid height, weight, BMI charts. All right. But I do know that when I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now, it was a lot harder to get around. And so every time I have to carry this dog up and down the stairs, I think to myself, damn, yeah, I'm good where I'm at. Let's just uh, stay where we're at and keep on my plan that seems to make my body happy. So uh, it has snowed. Every, the, the deck is covered. The stairs are covered. And... Um, we have particularly steep, in my opinion, um, stairs down into our backyard. And my children are both, who are teenagers, you know, one is an adult, technically. I say technically because, you know, when he's paying his own bills and I'm not paying for everything, then I'll consider him an adult. <laughs> but <laughs> for all legal purposes, he is an adult. So they were completely sacked out because, um, you know, they'll they'll help me if I need help with something like that. And I couldn't get any of them. In the meantime, I have this dog who hasn't peed in five hours, hours and she's like, um, OK, can we please go outside? And she's refusing to use the pee pad because she is a good doggy and doesn't want to pee in the house. So, uh, since I'm feeling better, you know, I'm fine now. Couldn't walk yesterday, but I'm totally fine now. Uh, I put on my really warm bathrobe. <laughs> and looking back now, this all sounds so incredibly stupid. And I feel like such a massive dumbass. You have no idea. Um, they say pride goeth before a fall. But in my case, it's usually just uh, stubborn determination to do everything myself and not inconvenience others is a lot of what drives me. And I think that partly comes from growing up in a home that was a lot dysfunctional. And so most of the time as a child, it was easier to just solve my own problems than to ask a grown up. And then also uh, having, you know, an, an official thing wrong with me from the age of 13 you just always feel like you're compensating. You're compensating at work, compensating with friends. You're just always compensating. And, you know, like I said, I've, I've managed to deal with a lot of these things and I, you know, it, this isn't a pity party for me, but at any rate, just to give you an idea of my mindset and why what is about to happen happened. So <clears throat> I open the back door. I'm like, well, it's not snowing. The wind's not blowing. I can get down these stairs and then grab the snow shovel and get her back up and it'll be fine. So I take the Shih Tzu under my arm, my right arm, because, you know, the left side's still a little sore, not as strong. And I make it all the way down the stairs, uh, she has her first blind snow experience because this is the first time it snowed since she lost her eyes and she's perfectly fine. I'm like, Oh, good doggy. Isn't that sweet? And then we make it all the way back up the stairs. 
<clears throat> I get to the threshold of my back door, which is metal. I'm holding the dog in my right hand. I reach for the door handle with my left hand and I feel the ice on the door handle. And, and this, you know, this is one of those things where you're like doing all these things at the same time. And then, and then you hit that moment in the experience when you know, oh shit, <laughs> this is not going to go well. <clears throat> so at the same time that I'm feeling the ice on the door handle and pushing that open, I step on the threshold of the door with my feet and there is ice underneath the snow thick ice and so both of my feet uh slid out from under me you know just like you would imagine and fortunately I'm holding the dog and you know me I'm more worried about the dog than myself of course so uh I slide and I land on my right I mean I land on my butt but I land more on my right hip and fortunately the weight of the dog kind of kept me like upright so I didn't fall backwards um but so she goes, yipe. And, uh, I'm worried that I've hurt her, but she was just startled. She was totally fine. And then as I land on the right side, which is the side of me that wasn't messed up yet, I, I, uh, teeter to the right and smack my head against that metal door so hard. It really rang my bell. I, I hit myself like right about the temple and so now I have a pretty nice egg on my forehead and I noticed after I did the little IG live video yesterday how puffy the right side of my face is and the things are just not okay and um, thankfully I don't really look like I have black eyes but uh, it looks like I have really bad dark circles and my face is definitely so I have this, you know, radiating uh, circle of feeling like I've been punched in the face. My my uh, cheekbones, my teeth, my jaw, the whole 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 kitten caboodle, my eye, my nose. Whew. So I I was in so much shock and it was so painful. I just started crying, and so I'm sitting there in this puddle of wet bathrobe snow still holding on to the dog telling the dog I'm sorry <laughs> and I start like calling for help and still somehow because we live in a split level so the two bedrooms that the kids are in are downstairs and I'm upstairs right and I don't know how the one downstairs but they fall asleep with their earbuds or headphones on a lot so I guess there's that but I, uh, am, I'm, you know, yelling for help and then nobody hears me and I'm sitting there crying and feeling pretty sorry for myself, honestly. Just one of those moments where you feel like, you know, a five-year-old who fell off your bike and you just want your mommy. So, uh, I realize my mommy isn't coming <laughs> and neither are my kids. Ugh. So, uh, I get the door shut because we have a cat too and he's not um an outdoor kitty he has no street skills he would get eaten by all the big dogs around us so um get the door shut 
and you know, I'm a mess, the floor is a mess, the dog's a mess, and I have to go find towels, which of course that means that all the clean towels, the ones that I need that I use for snow towels, as I call them, uh, you know, we need to have them at the back door because it's just, we don't have a mud room. Uh, any of you people who live on the west, the coast or the south may not know what a mud room is, but, um, you know, in the winter areas, you generally have a place where you can come in and out of the house when it's all snowy or wet or gross and not destroy the whole house. I don't have one of those. So I use a towel and those towels were downstairs. So put down the dog, go downstairs, uh, trying still to wake up children. Cause I know I probably shouldn't be running around doing all this. And the snow also needs to be shoveled. Um, get the towels and no, no kids. So I deal with all that myself while, you know, kind of being in shock. So here's, here's where I go wrong in these situations. Um, because of my, and maybe this happens to everybody and it just seems like it's more extreme for me. You know, we all want to think we're special. So I'm sure this isn't anything special about me, but I seem to have a very strong fight or flight response because of the uh, compound PTSD. And um, whenever I have a shock like that, a physical shock, it is instant that my body releases the adrenaline and cortisol. And so at this point, I'm really not feeling any pain. Adrenaline is the best painkiller in the universe. If they could figure out how to uh, make that a pain medicine, it would probably be more effective than anything we currently have as a pharmaceutical and probably also be as addictive as heroin. But um, anyway, so I have this coursing through my body. And so once I get the floor dry and I kind of shake off what's happened and I'm like, oh, ow, that's going to hurt. I'm thinking to myself, all right, uh, I don't know if it's going to snow more and I don't want this snow to freeze because I'm going to have to keep taking this dog out, etc., etc. So I dig out my boots, I get the snow boots on and, um, I go out back and get the snow shovel <laughs> and I shovel off the stairs and I shovel off the deck so that the next time I have to carry the dog out, I can see what I'm doing better. And there's salt and you know it's a little safer oh boy so still no kids awake I'm like are you effing kidding me how much can they sleep through um so so then I I you know I get all settled in now in the meantime um, my house flooded before the pandemic even showed up in my world. Uh, this happened almost a year ago. And since that happened, I have had a shortage of um, linens in general, because a lot of them had to be used to soak up flood water. And then they never recover after that, you just have to get rid of them. And then the insurance company gives you like, uh, maybe uh, 10 cents on the dollar for what you actually need to replace them for unless you have the cash up front to go buy them. So anyway, uh, I have one comforter and it had gotten really, really cold. And that comforter was, um, in the dryer downstairs. And I just 
wanted my blanket and I wanted to go lay down and lick my sad little wounds and feel sorry for myself. So, huh, I have already exhausted my muscles to some degree uh, with the snow shoveling and all that, but I'm not thinking about any of that because I'm on uh, that powerful, powerful human drug, adrenaline. So, I decided to go downstairs one more time, even though I know this is probably a bad idea because I hit my head. And sure enough, I make it down the wood half of the stairs and then I get to the carpet half. And I swear it is like my feet just decide they're not going to work. And I slid <laughs> down the flight of stairs. Thunk, thunk, thunk on the left side of my body <sighs> and you know and then and as it's happening I yell like oh come the fuck on <laughs> excuse my language but as it's happening I'm like really and so that woke up my kids uh the thudding and me swearing and then um my youngest you know was like mom stay where you are <laughs> damn it <laughs> I'll get your stupid blanket <laughs> and then we'll get you upstairs and he looked at my you know uh major major scrape on my hip and thigh to see if I was actually bleeding so I didn't get blood on my sheets um luckily it was just you know like the the deep rug burn kind of thing so it wasn't full-on bleeding and didn't have to be bandaged <laughs> and it's like please get in bed and stay there so I have now fallen twice and I have also hit my head twice because the back of my head got hit on the stairs carpeted stair thankfully a little bit and then I had whacked this other side of my head really well so at this point, I'm icing everything because I know that's my best weapon at the moment. And then uh, as far as hitting my head, um, I had my sons verify that my pupils were the same size. And uh, I had actually had this experience before. I had, I'm sure when I was a kid, there were times I hit my head that it was, you know, like a minor concussion, but I grew up in the seventies and eighties. I mean, they, you didn't go to the doctor unless you were going to die. That was just how it was. And you know, whatever it was, it was like, Oh, we'll just put some peroxide on it and give you a band aid and go away. Now we have adult things to do. Uh, I remember one time I actually stepped on a nail and, um, it didn't go all the way through my foot, but about halfway through and yep, just yanked that nail right out, poured peroxide on my foot. And that was that I wasn't going to a doctor because we need money for weed and stuff. So, uh, and I mean, this isn't a condemnation. It is what it is. At this point, I find all those stories deeply funny and I still, you know, I love my family. They did the best they could at the time. <clears throat> so, uh, I definitely know I didn't go to the doctor for simple things like hitting my head. So a couple of years ago was really the first time that I, 
I had like a, a minor concussion, which ironically was also a fall on some ice. And that one was particularly funny because I, as it happened, I felt that slow motion thing that happens. And this was different. This really felt like, and, and this continually happens to me where it feels like I am carried. I am lifted so that whatever is about to happen to me is not as damaging as it would be. It almost feels like a force field bursts out from inside me and helps counteract earth physics. So in that case, uh, I landed so hard on my ass um, and thankfully did not fall backwards and hit my head because if I had, I'm not entirely sure I'd be alive to be honest. Um, but I, <laughs> and see, this is how I went a week having this, uh, concussion and not realizing it. I landed on my ass. All right. I was not thinking, oh, it's possible that you could have enough of an impact that it would bounce your brain off the top of your skull. I just had a headache, right? But me being me, I'm always like, nope, I'm fine. Can shake that off. Just keep moving. You're going to be fine. And so at the time, I knew nothing about concussions. I knew nothing about TBIs, uh, traumatic brain injuries. I knew nothing about any of that. And I went about my business the next week like everything was normal, um, you know, driving the kids to school and doing all my normal stuff with a horrible headache and, you know, sensitivity to light and all that, all that stuff. So when it didn't get better after a week, I was like, Hmm, well, maybe I just, uh, uh, you know, knock something loose and I need to go get an adjustment from the osteopath. So I go to my doctor at the time and he's like, what happened to you? <laughs> and I tell him and he goes, okay, well, you have a little concussion and when that happens you have to not read not watch tv not look at your phone and preferably be in the dark as much as you can uh immediately afterwards because that helps your brain to um calm down and heal from the impact now, since I hadn't done that for the first week that I had that particular uh, concussion, it meant that I then went for like a month. Um, I couldn't turn my head without getting dizzy. It was, you know, I was very limited. I was cut off from my phone and everything else for a month. And it took a really, a much longer time to recover from a simple thing than it should have because... I just, you know, keep going like the Taurus bull that I am. I'm just like, whoop! I'm just going to keep going through, uh, plowing through and I'll be fine. So, uh, fortunately I had had that experience and this time around, I immediately just went into dark mode and, um, stopped looking at my phone much so because I did that, I am feeling much better. This is Wednesday now that I'm recording this. And that was Sunday that I got hurt. So I'm asking myself, what was, what is this whole experience about? I, 
I do truly believe that everything happens uh, as it's meant to. But, you know, there's got to be some chance to all this. You know, there's there has to be some level of sometimes accidents just happen and shit just happens. And the funny thing about this is, is that uh, right after it happened, the thing that I did differently um, mentally that maybe I didn't do before the last couple of years that Ascension has accelerated so quickly uh, and people's, um, you know, abilities have heightened, including my own. I immediately said to myself, all right, well, whatever this was, I know it happened for my good and I will figure out what that is. And maybe, uh, those impacts will allow, um, the joints and, uh, you know, vertebra and whatever needs to realign itself will pop back into place. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that this was a bad thing or that I'm going to be messed up for weeks. I can heal fast from this and somehow it will be for my good. So, uh, by Monday, you know, I mean, Monday I was really sore. Don't get me wrong. And then, uh, but I also felt like, huh, that left knee that was all fouled up is now my leg is straight again. And I'm actually walking a little better, albeit sore. Um, I did not have massive bruising and, um, my neck had like the best adjustment it's probably had in, I don't know, years. Um, so it did kind of seem like maybe this was going to work out for my good. Then in the meantime, yesterday, uh, I get a message from a very good friend of mine. We have been friends for years. She was my neighbor for about 15 years and she's been uh, my BFF since my separation and divorce because she and I both kind of went through that at the same time and it was very helpful to have each other as friends um, and support. So she texted me and she was meaning to be... Um, sweet. But when I read it, I was kind of like, huh, that didn't feel good. And so what she said to me was, um, just wanted you to know that even though you're, uh, really clumsy and kind of falling apart, you're still my best friend and I love you. And I, I was like, um, okay, but I didn't fall because I'm clumsy. I fell because I have these, uh, you know, physical, uh, abnormalities of collagen that weaken my stability. And then that creates a domino effect of hurting myself. Um, so I knew that she wasn't trying to be a jerk or anything. She was trying to be nice to me. And I just answered her and said, thank you so much. And I just kind of reminded her, I'm not clumsy. I have a disability and yada, yada, yada. And so in the course of our conversation after me saying that part of what she said to me was, um, I, I just think of my friend Andrea. I don't, you do such a good job at hiding all this stuff. I, I don't even think about those other things. I forget that they even exist. 
And um, that kind of made me go, oh, maybe that's part of this process. So I said to her, um, you know, thank you for pointing that out to me. And I will have to keep that in mind. I guess I forget sometimes how much of an effort I make disassociating myself from all of the physical challenges I have because I don't want to be my disease. I just want to be myself. <clears throat> I should say diseases because honestly, there's more than one, but, uh, I manage them all through miraculous, uh, attentiveness at any rate. Uh, and so she answered and she said, that is more true than, you know, she said, nobody has any clue most of the time how much you are dealing with on a daily basis and what you continue to overcome. So that is what made me go, okay, guides, I understand. This was both a gentle warning to be more careful with myself and a testament to how much faster I can heal at this point of light integration into my body and that I need to be more authentic, that they need me to talk about these things. They need me not to try to separate that part of myself from Grooming Goddess or from Call Me Karen or from any aspect of my life, because the whole point of me having these things is to advocate for other people who live with some sort of a disability and to point out gently the ways in which sometimes non-disabled people do and say things, um, even in the light worker spiritual community that are ableist and, um, not very sensitive or, um, very enlightened. Honestly, they think they're being enlightened by what they're saying, but they're actually, uh, limiting an entire segment of the population who in reality probably has a lot of these autoimmune things because they are highly sensitive because they are light workers and because, uh, the two just seem to go together sometimes. And this doesn't mean, doesn't mean that you can't heal from all things, uh, in various ways, but, you know, let's face it, Reiki is not going to grow back an amputated limb or, um, necessarily do those things yet. I always like to add yet because I always have hope that there will be that sort of, um, adaptability. I think probably those kinds of things are going to come from scientific intervention, uh, and medical intervention probably, but maybe a better version of it. But at any rate, <clears throat> um, just because I've managed to deal with so many of these things quietly, privately, and not sharing it all with the world doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to ever talk about it. And, um, if anything, I have a responsibility to talk about it. 
there have been several people who I respect and admire who've, you know, mentioned different things like, uh, some of you, uh, are too attached to your identity of whatever you have wrong with you. And I fully believe that, which is why so few people <laughs> generally know how much of a plate of a challenge I served myself when I was agreeing to this life and soul contract. Now, some of that medical trauma was necessary so that I can help others. That's the simple long and short of it. I needed to have these experiences so that I could be a living miracle over and over again. And also so that I could inspire other people, make people who are not disabled in some way understand it better and make people who do have some kind of a disability or illness or chronic pain to have the inspiration that they can overcome these things and that they can live a full life even with you know pain or whatever it is they're dealing with and that there are ways to find relief from those things that aren't all medical intervention and also to help merge these two worlds because this is the biggest issue that I see. My furnace just came on. Hopefully that is not a horrible uh, sound in the background. So it is important that I bridge these two worlds because there's the wellness community, which we know is holistic health, which I firmly believe in. I have a two-year degree in holistic uh, health coaching and studied with Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So I really believe in holistic health. I also believe that there is Western medicine uh, that is beneficial as well. And so to discount either of these things as not being worthy or effective would be a disservice to humanity in general because some of these things need to work together. Now, as I keep saying, I hold space for the eventuality that maybe at some point we can cure diabetes uh, with our minds. But right now, that is not the case. And to tell someone who has diabetes and has to take insulin that because they are dependent on some kind of medication or because they have not been attuned to a particular Reiki level or whatever, that they're not really a spiritual person. They're not a light worker. Their their vibes will never be high enough. Is just a crock of shit. Excuse my frankness, but it is bullshit. And if you were telling people that, ask yourself why you were telling them that. Are you telling them that because you want to validate your modality of healing? Are you telling them that because you want to make yourself special and above someone else and that they can't possibly attain the same level of uh, enlightenment or awareness or connection to source? If anything, people who battle anything like addiction or illness or disability uh, have a lot more solitary introspective time 
they have bed rest, they have hospital stays, they have surgeries. If they're dealing with addiction, they have rehab. I mean, if anything, having all of these things is like an advanced course in getting to know yourself and connecting with uh, your highest self and with source. Because when you have to spend weeks, months, uh, years sometimes on end being partially or fully incapacitated, uh, having a lot of your abilities taken away, being isolated from people. If you don't connect with something, you, you just want to die. I mean, that's all there is to it. You just want to die. If you don't have something that you are exploring with your mind or that you believe in or that you are connecting with. And especially for me, being able to astrally travel was a huge release from feeling trapped in my body at different times. Um, you know, if you don't have some kind of outlet, you, you know, you want to die. And there's a much greater suicide rate amongst disabled chronically ill or chronic pain patients, there's uh, a much greater incidence of depression, anxiety, all the good things. And that doesn't mean that their depression is causing their illness. It means their illness is causing their depression. Um, it's been very interesting watching society deal with the pandemic and watching the society deal with having to be isolated and be home and be restricted because that is the way people with various states of disease have been living um, all along. And it's not that I wished my misery on others, but I saw the opportunity for a large portion of the world to, for the first time, understand what it feels like to have some kind of physical limitation. So holy heck, I managed to, I don't know why I'm saying heck when I've been saying the F word this whole time. I've managed to babble on for almost 50 minutes. So I think I'm going to cut it off there for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll probably be doing a lot of these for the next week since I am limited in what I can do with my eyeballs right now. Um, I am allowed to read cards because I don't have to hold those close up to my face. So maybe tomorrow I'm resting today. Um, my son had to drive my mom and I around yesterday so I could help her at her doctor's appointments. Thank goodness he's getting his license soon. Um, but he has a permit, so he was able to drive. But because of that, I was sitting for a while and now I have some bruises on my rear and my hips and I'm pretty sore today. But I will be working on more episodes as the week goes on. If you made it through this, thank you. And I will continue to add in pieces of my physical human story. Um, but I really don't want this podcast to become all about my body, my physical body, and what I have overcome necessarily. So uh, that is just the, the 
<laughs> brief explanation of where I am now and what happened and why I decided to share it with everybody because it's it's not doing anyone any favors if I'm trying to be an authentic person and then I just like say well uh, I'm going to disappear for a couple weeks and I'm not going to tell you why so that is the rub and um if you're feeling good today in your body and you have nothing wrong with you, say a big thank you for that condition because it is not the experience that everyone has. Um, I transcend my body a lot and so I am happy and I am feeling good today in spite of the rest and recovery mode that I am in at the moment. So I love you all. Thank you as always for showing up for me and listening to the podcast. And I'm really grateful for that. I am going to be experimenting with some light language and sound healing that I've been getting. I've only just recently started saying, okay, fine. I'll record it if you say so. And then I do. And I'm like, okay, well, that's 45 seconds of I don't know what. So I'm going to try to surrender to that process more, but uh, I'm not quite ready to release that yet. At any rate, I will be back again, hopefully talking about maybe astral nodding some more. Love you all.